when somebody would ask me, what do you do for a living? I wanted the ground to open up and fall in because I was so ashamed and embarrassed of the fact that I didn't have a career, that I didn't have a profession, that I couldn't say that, oh, I'm a blank or I do this. Do you ever feel like you want to be that empowered woman who loves herself and sees her own reflection in the mirror and feels so full of joy and gratitude? Uh, I know that so many of us want that and we have such a hard time getting there because we're actually doing things that are disempowering ourselves and we don't even know it. Whether we are gossiping about other women or we're holding ourselves back in our careers, uh, we are the bottleneck in the success of our own lives. I've created a course, it's called Women Taking the Lead and it's all about how you as a woman can take the lead in your own life to feel good in your own skin, to wake up in the morning with intention, and to live a life filled with grace and ease and all the good things that you've wished for for years. If you're interested and this is speaking to you, I want you to check out our website, www.melodypormorati.com slash women taking the lead, or check out the show notes. There is no reason for you to spend another minute uh, in a battle with yourself. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. And I'm so excited to show you exactly how. Welcome back to the Empowering Her podcast. I have a very special guest for all of you today. So in an effort to just keep things super real, I have really enjoyed bringing my friends onto the podcast because you've all told me that these are the conversations that you enjoy so much more. And these are the conversations that I enjoy so much more. So uh, I feel like it's so um, it's so awesome for me to share the incredible women who make up my world. So today I'm introducing you to my beautiful friend, Joanna Eshagoff. And Joanna, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and let's dive into this awesome topic that you brought us today. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me, Melody. I'm so honored to be here. Very excited. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I am a girl mom as well. I have three girls and one boy. Um, girl, boy, girl, girl is the order. My oldest is in college. My youngest is 11. And um, I guess if you could describe what I've done for many years is just been a professional mom and volunteer. Um, until a few years ago, I uh, went to IPEC, got my coaching certification. We'll add that that was fully inspired by you, Mel. Um, you were the first coach I ever knew, and uh, you've always inspired me with all the lessons that you have taught me through coaching. And um, after a while, I just realized that that's the avenue I wanted to go as well. Um, since completing my coaching certification, I actually took a bit of a turn and I am putting my marketing degree to work and I am designing logos and websites and branding for coaches and other small businesses. And I'm integrating my skills as a coach as well to just kind of get a deeper and more intuitive look into my clients and uh, help them build a presence that is, it truly feels authentic to them. 
Um, and I, and I absolutely love it. Love what I do. I love the balance that I have created between my new business and, um, and my personal life. And I'm really thrilled to be here. I'm so thrilled to have you here. And I, I just like, there's so many parts of what you just shared that I want to go deep into before we even, before we even talk about, um, shame and guilt as women that we, unfortunately, innately feel so frequently. Um, we'll get to that. But but something about Joanna, which is amazing, like she is, first of all, one of the most thoughtful people that I know, um, just puts so much energy into how others will feel, how others will receive her actions. I wish we could all think things through the way Joanna does, because she's compassionate beyond measure. Um, the other thing about Joanna is like she, as, as a mom, as a friend, as a volunteer, all the things she does. And now, thankfully to the world as a coach, uh, she leaves no stone unturned. She does it all and she does it with grace and ease. And sometimes I just listen to Joanna talk and <laughs> I'm out of breath. Like she's just telling me about what her day ahead looks like or what her day looks like. And I'm like panting. I'm just like, and I'm not even doing it. So it's amazing. They always say like, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. She's the busy person that everyone gives everything to and she gets it all done beautifully. Now that in and of itself, I don't know how healthy that is, Joanna. I don't know how the heck you do it. I know that I couldn't, but um, I'm sure that'll feed into our topic for today anyways, um, which is like, I always ask like what my friends, like, what do you want to talk about today? And Joanna said, like, what about talking about guilt and shame as women? Um, I wonder where it comes from. I wonder where that guilt and shame comes from that we feel. Cause I look at, I, I have to tell you, you know, we're a family of three girls and a boy, kind of like your family. And I don't see my brother feeling any shame and guilt and it's pretty admirable. Like, why doesn't he feel it? And why do me and my sisters talk about it so often? Why is that a thing? Right. Right. And, and, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's guilt and it, not just as somebody having a career, but there's guilt and shame that goes with the other end as well. And that's what I found so fascinating. And that's, that's really what prompted me other than you, of course, <laughs> and you being my role model, but becoming a coach and why I chose to become a coach is that I remember, um, you know, for years, I stopped working in the traditional sense um, when I had my second child, when I had my son. And I just remember, you know, I had always kind of planned in my mind, you know, this is the way it's going to be. I'll graduate school. I'll do this. I'll do that. And I always pictured myself as having a full-time career because let's think about it. When we were growing up, it was kind of like, oh yeah, of course I'm going to have a career when I'm older. That's what I'm going to college for. That's what I'm getting educated for. And then here I was, um, a full-time mom, which, uh, it's a lot of work. And then I had two more kids. So it's still a lot of work. And then I was president of the PTA for four years in one school. I rebuilt the playground. I was president of the PTA for another three years in another school. And it's just, it's been constant planning, 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 working, 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 um, sometimes to the point of uh, exhaustion, getting sick, 
Yet, even with all of the work that I did for my family, for my home, for organizations in the community, when somebody would ask me, what do you do for a living? I wanted the ground to open up and fall in because I was so ashamed and embarrassed of the fact that I didn't have a career, that I didn't have a profession, that I couldn't say that, oh, I'm a blank or I do this. And I, and, and I remember sometimes I'd say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a mom of four. I'm a, you know, I'm president of mom. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, it's funny because I don't know that I ever really stopped to even look at the reactions of others and maybe it would have been different, but, and, and this is something you and I were talking about yesterday at the end of the day, it's not about the reaction of others. It's about what brings us joy. So what can we do as women to start living unapologetically, regardless of the choices that we make? And by the way, that's what I did. I'm not saying that, okay, I shouldn't have been ashamed because I was doing this, this, and this. It doesn't matter what I chose to do. I, I could have been a mom who, you know, enjoyed, um, you know, staying home more, going to lunches, playing tennis, um, you know, playing cards with friends, socializing, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with how we choose to live our lives. And, and then on the flip side, how many women I know who work full time and have this immense mom guilt, right? This immense guilt of not being at school events. Why is it okay that the dads aren't at school events, but the moms need to feel shame for not being at school events? Absolutely. What's the difference, right? What's the construct? What's the societal construct that leads us as mothers to be the ones who need to do it all? And if we don't, then we point the finger at ourselves and shame ourselves for not being able to do it all. I mean, how much can one person do, right? Right. So, I, I mean, this is all so fascinating, so interesting. Remember what we talked about yesterday? Yes. Tony Robbins, right? Like when something is, what did he say? When something's just like totally messed up. He said to, he said to try, um, and they're both F words. So right. he said to try to replace when you want to use the word frustrating, you know, he said, he says, um, you know, when you're just using the word frustrating, like frustrates you even more. So it's like, it's so frustrating. He says, try replacing the word frustrating with fascinating. Yes. Um, and it's kind of a fun thing to do, you know, that person fascinates me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're pissed, like when someone's and- annoying you or triggering <laughs> you to be like, hmm, they fascinate me. But I also feel like it's a reframe, like it's reframing you and your mind to look for, you know, to look at it with curiosity and like to observe the situation a little bit more instead of just being frustrated we're kind of like opening up dialogue for ourselves about how fascinating it is. So that's why I use that word because it it does frustrate me. So I said fascinating. Um, But now I wonder when you were, you know, first of all, first of all, I need to acknowledge this. Raising four tiny humans, raising one tiny human, it is a job. It is, it is the greatest, most important job in the world. And we've all heard this a million times, but like, it, it makes me so sad for you and for myself when I was in the exact same boat that we felt less than in some way because that's all we did when really that's a lot. 
That's a lot. You know, I, I speak to my friends who work 12 hour days, right. Who feel that mom guilt and they look at full-time moms and they say, my goodness, I could never do what you do. I don't know how you do it because it sure does take a lot of patience and, you know, uh, compassion, which I said is one of your superpowers. It takes just a lot of energy to be present with those kids 24 seven. So that needs to be acknowledged first and foremost. And I wonder me just observing you as your friend, uh, Did you ever feel like, because as you had said, I was uh, just a mom, which no one's ever just a mom. You didn't use those exact words, but that's what I felt. Oh, it it was implied. It's what I felt. Yeah. Were you overcompensating with everything that you did to make it as amazing and perfect and like done as possible in the PTA work, you know, taking on all those roles, always being present for the school and for the staff. And then with your own kids, like, were you trying to um, create something that you thought was either missing from within you or from the way people would be witnessing you as a woman? I, I think there was definitely an element of that to a certain extent, but well, I'll start by saying this. I do remember when I was in school, when I was in elementary school and I would see the PTA moms and I was like, I want to do that. So I, you know, and and it's funny because how did I expect, obviously as a child or as I got older to be able to actually be president of the PTA and have, and by the way, there are plenty of presidents, PTA presidents who do have full-time jobs, but they're not able to be in this school because you can't be in two places at two, one, in two at once, two places at once. <laughs> I was trying to say. So for me, it's there's a few things. Um, it's very important in our in our household, I will say, because uh as you know, my husband Dave also volunteers in the community as well. We are firm believers that if you see something that you know needs to be done, rather than being like, you know. They should really do this. You know, who's they? Step up and be the they. Step yeah. up, get involved yeah. in your community, give back. I, 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 and, and part of that is also, by the way, being a stay at home, uh, it's not even home. I wasn't home a lot of times <laughs> doing things, but, you know, being a full time parent, I will say. Um, is also a privilege. And I recognize that. And, and that was the thing also, I think that made it difficult for me to really express what I was feeling because I felt spoiled. Like what I'm going to complain that I'm not working. Oh, I, you know, whatever. Like it was a privilege. I was grateful to have that opportunity to be home with my children that when they were home to be able to get back to my community. And I did, I saw it sometimes as a duty mm-hmm. that because I don't have to work, it is my duty to give back to the community um, for the people who are, who do have to work, who are there. So it wasn't just for the benefit of my children. It's for the benefit of all the children. It's for the benefit of, you know, we started the scholarship fund at, at, at my elementary school where we helped the kids who, you know, maybe didn't have the financial means um, to kind of be at the same you know, wear the same kind of clothing and backpacks as everyone else. So, so we helped them out there. You know, it was really important for me 
to get out there and do and 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 then another part of that is setting the example for our children, you know, setting the example to give back to our community, explaining it to them why we do it. But I do think there definitely was that element um, of, of the guilt of feeling like I had to say yes to everything that was asked of me. Will you join this committee? Will you head this committee? Will you run this event? Will you do this? And it was Partly because um, I I felt like I should, you know, as, as you say, I was shooting on myself. Shooting on yourself. Yep, we, we, all on myself. we all do it. And and part of it, you know, there may have been a part that um, felt like I needed to prove myself to others that, okay, Joanna might not be working, but look what she's capable of doing. I felt like, I needed people to see that I was busy and that I wasn't just doing this or just doing that. And by the way, so what if I was doing those things, right? Um, but but it was it was all part of what I needed to go through to get to where I am today. And I and I'm gonna keep throwing a few like quotes that you gave me along my journey that really stuck with me. And One of them is everything on my journey till now is part of what took, what it took to get me to where I am today. And that, by the way, brought me so much peace in so many different parts of my life, including, you know, high school, which was not exactly fun for me and, and everything in between. And this is all part of that too. I had to go through everything I did. And while I regret the feelings that I had and experienced through that time, I'm still grateful for them because I understand so much more at this point. Yeah, no, 100%. Every, and that's something for all of us, you know, everyone listening right now to just like, I want you to really sit with this. First of all, everything is rigged in your favor. So the shitty experiences, like all the, the muck that we go through and we've all gone through it. It's part of the human experience. Um, that's all something that you're going through and growing through and it's making you who you are and it's all sending us to the next version to the to the best next version of ourselves and so to me that brings me so much peace when i can look at the circumstances of my life and be like it's all working for me somehow it's all working for me it's making me stronger it's giving me more access to my superpowers uh it just like you said it brings so much peace doesn't it does it really does and you know something i i want to point out when when we talk about guilt and shame these are all very low vibration energies these are words that are very low in vibration it is our birthright to dwell in joy there's such a high vibration to dwelling in joy and peace and passion and love And yet as women so frequently, as humans, but so often as women in the work that I've seen and the people that I've worked with anyways, we rob ourselves of that. We suck the joy out of the moments. And it's like, why? Why do we do that? Why is that like, why is that a go-to for us? And like, I'm not expecting you to have the answer or me to have the answer, but I'm kind of like getting curious here, you and me together, like, why do we have to go there? Are our husbands doing that? 
you know, are like, what, what is it about us as mothers and as women that is making us okay with just giving up our joy so easily? When you wake up in the morning with such excitement for what you get to do that day, you know that you are operating in your purpose. I want to invite you all to learn more about the Girl Life Academy, where we train passionate women like you to become girls empowerment coaches. You get to work on the front lines with girls one-on-one and in a group format to teach them all sorts of things like uncovering their superpowers, how to build confidence, how to locate their inner toolkit, There's so much wisdom that we get to share with these girls, and we want to show you exactly how to teach them through fun dialogue and engaging crafts. And we don't leave you there. We also teach you the business of empowering girls, how to actually turn your love for girls empowerment into a profitable and abundant endeavor. If this speaks to you and you want to literally wake up every morning with excitement and joy that you are operating in your purpose and doing work that changes the world, I want you to learn about the application process at the Girl Life Academy. Go to www.girllifeempowerment.com to learn more or check out the show notes for more information. So I think I'm going to say that we are on a journey as women. And I think that we are less there now than we were 20 years ago, 40 years ago. And, you know, you were talking about things that we have a right to dwell in. And I I want to add gratitude to that because I think that that is one thing that has helped me uh, just experience joy is that focus on gratitude and I'm, I'm listening to a book right now. Uh, it's, it's pretty popular. It's called Lessons in Chemistry. It's a novel. Mm, and it's about, it. about yeah, yeah. It. I just started it yesterday morning. Anyway. Um, and it's about a scientist, a woman scientist in the, I want to say fifties. And it just reminded me of like, I mean, horrible things, the way she's, she was being treated simply because she's a woman, not being able to get the education she wanted because you know, there was like sexual favors expected in order for her to advance. And, you know, and and then she went to file a police report and the police wouldn't believe her because she's a woman. And, you know, because it, it, it just, and it made me angry, made me really angry, but it also made me grateful to realize where we are now. And, and like the, uh, like in so many other areas in society, we do have a long way to go or we have a ways to go. We always, I think there always will be, but we have come a long way. I mean, I, I, just now, you know, we, we have, it is a normal practice now to have paternity leave for when, you know, and how beautiful is that, right? And yes, that is a right for a man, but that is a right for a man that also supports a woman and takes away that stereotype of it's the woman's place, right? So I think that where does the guilt come from? Um, You think back to when you and I were growing up, this conversation wouldn't even, we wouldn't be having it. It would just be, oh my God, you, you know, you went out on a girl's night and didn't make your husband dinner, you know? Well, I mean, I think, I think that that, stems a lot also from us being Persian women, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't think that everyone would 
experienced that, but for sure, like there, there was a time when a mom would say to her daughter, like, how could you leave him to not have like a home cooked meal? And you went out with your friends. And like, there's a saying, there's a Persian saying that I'll always remember. Like, I I hate even saying it, but it's like, like, I'm not going to say it in Farsi, but it's like, you know, how nice must be nice. Basically. Oh yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. Must be nice because not bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that whole feeling of must be nice or, you know, uh, or or this whole being a martyr, right? Like we all have to, the more we suffer, the better we are as women. That's something, especially in Persian society. I cooked all day. I did it all myself. I'm like, do you want a prize? You know, one of the things I love about our families, Mel, uh, is that we do, when we do our big dinners, we usually do potluck. Everybody will, or at least most people, everybody, whatever, like depending on the occasion, we will each make a dish. Yes. And and contribute. And it's just, it's a lot easier. It just makes more sense. And nobody, and and by the way, whoever's hosting is still doing a lot of work, but why should they do all of it? Why should we constantly be, you know, oh my God, I stayed at home with the kids and I suffered. Right. 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 Why do we have no pride? There's no pride pride. for the suffering. And unfortunately, that has been a thing that really has been like, that's the messaging that we in some ways have heard as women, but for us, especially as like Persian women, like it was just built into the culture. And perhaps that was also an arena of overcompensating because we were at home and because that was our primary role. So we needed to be like, yeah, I'm working all day too. I'm, I'm, I'm suffering too in some way. By the way, Joanna is my husband Nav's first cousin. So when she says our family, we're talking about like literally our family and it's our big fat Persian family. We're like, when we all get together on a Friday night for Shabbat, it's like, 50 people, God bless. So like, yeah, one person really shouldn't be doing everything. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's so much more fun that way too. You're trying different dishes. You're all helping each other. You're all in the kitchen together. So anyways, I just, I wanted to, to give that because like Joanna and I know each other very intimately for the last 22 years. Right. Does that sound right? That crazy. You know, you're getting older when you say you've been friends with someone for 22 years and you have not known them since you were a child. <laughs> I have to think it's about 23, this. 23 years. It is 23 years because it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, okay. So, so I believe that we can change the narrative like right here, right now. Like I'm a firm believer, especially recently, like that things get to be different just because I decided that they're going to be right. Like if I make a decision that things are going to be different in my life, I show up in a different way. I speak in a different way. My belief system reflects that different way. Um, my whole energy is different. So like how in this moment can we all just decide that things get to be different? And so for that stay at home mom who's listening, like when you are speaking to someone and you have shame or guilt attached to what you're doing, um, that translates just in the way that you talk about it. So like, I feel like 
if we can own whatever phase of life we're in, whoever we deem ourselves to be in the world, if we can own it and speak about it with pride, then Mm -hmm. that really like the other person feels it and forget what the other person feels. We feel it. We step into that more powerful version of ourselves who sees the value and feels enough. Yes. Yes. And you know, it's interesting. You, what you were just talking about for the stay at home mom who comes forward and just owns it. Um, And it reminded me of a friend of mine, Eileen. Um, So the first time I met Eileen uh, on the beach, (laughs) we were talking and I remember you know, being hesitant and nervous about that question coming up, about being asked, what do I do? Um, and, and somehow, as we're discussing, it came to light that she is a uh, mother of five, actually. And um, and by the way, I, I just want to preface this by saying she came across as one of the most confident women I've ever met in my life. And I remember it came to light that this was her full-time gig was, you know, was just... I don't want to suggest. Yeah. But but it's important to catch ourselves when we do that, right? Running running household, raising her family. My God, God bless five kids. It's, you know, but it wasn't just that. I watched the way that she, and you just, you know, for those of you who can't see, I just, as I'm talking about it, I I corrected my posture because I just realized I wasn't sitting as straight (laughs) as I could have been. And, you know, she had this confidence about her. And I said to myself, I need, I I need that. I need to learn from her. I need to be inspired by her Um, to just kind of, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do. It's living in your confidence. Yeah. And does it come across differently to others? Yes, but it's not about the others. It's about you. I mean, how do you feel better? Do you feel better living in your confidence or do you feel better kind of moping and and feeling nervous and embarrassed about having to talk about what you do or what you don't do for that matter in your, you know, as I used to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. You're so right. And we get to learn so much from the women around us. I, I, I love that you pointed that out because that's just the truth. I was watching, have you seen White Lotus? Did you watch that show? That's the first few episodes I haven't yeah. been able to get past. It's, it's certainly not for everyone. Um, somehow we're into it as a family. So we're watching it and we're in the second season for anyone who's listening, who's watching it. And the blonde girl um, is on like a one, one night what's that Stifler's mom (laughs) Uh, no no not Stifler's mom but she's so (laughs) hilarious she's she's something but no the the younger girl who they leave their husbands they're in Sicily they go to a place called Noto for the night and then they're having just like a girl conversation and she says in the conversation so comfortably, like talking about how girls are the worst, like girls are the worst. You tell them something, they break your confidence, they use it against you. And I was just like, I'm so tired (laughs) of hearing this narrative. And that's, but that's the truth. It's not the right girls, but it's also like, once again, because we decide to, we get to change this narrative. Like, like get into the habit of finding characteristics in the women around you who you would also love to embody. Be inspired by the women around you. 
Develop trust with the woman around you. Learn from the women around you. Compliment the women around you. That's how we get to change all the stupid shit that is said on television and media about girls and caddy girls and women and backstabbing. Like, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm so tired of hearing about it. Like, we get to choose a different way. And whatever you tune into is what your experience is going to be. So asking ourselves who we're surrounding ourselves by and, and what are we hearing like on the regular? Right. And, and you just hit the nail on the head. It's, it's what you tune into. And I think that there are so many examples of that in our lives. How many times where, you know, oh, the town I live in doesn't have any real people in it that, you know, or, um, and and that that's not true. Wherever you go, you can find your tribe. You can find your people. You just have to be attuned to it. You have to be open to it. And you have to put that part of yourself out there. And that will attract the right people. If you're putting the energy out there that either I feel less than, I am less than, or, you know, I'm not good enough, or, you know, I, girls are catty and bitchy and backstabbing and I don't trust anybody. Uh, yeah, that's what you're going to find. Always. Right. Whereas if you put yourself out there and be open and vulnerable, yet powerful and forward, you know, you, you will attract the right people. Yeah. Yeah. You'll always find what you're looking for. That's the thing. Like, what are you looking for? You will always find evidence to support your beliefs. So like you said, if you believe that you're never going to find other women who will have your back and who will be trustworthy and kind, that's exactly what you're going to find. So you, you get to decide it's all about decisions and choices and, um, taking the power back in our lives. That's what this is all about. That's the truest form of empowerment is knowing that the power lives inside of us and not outsourcing our power, not giving it away. Like we, we sometimes do for free. So, um, I feel that, uh, so Joanna, this is a question I ask everyone, uh, who comes on the podcast and I'm excited to hear your response. What would you say to your eight-year-old self? And the reason that I say that age, I always ask eight, nine, somewhere in that area is because statistically a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine and which is just so what, what are you talking about? Like, how is this real? So I want to ask us like, before we hit that age, like, what were we thinking and what, what would you say right now that could be of comfort and support to that girl? You know, I think I would just say, don't be afraid to let it out. Don't be afraid to let your, I, it sounds like a cliche, but your true self out. Don't hide the goofiness. Don't hide the zaniness. Don't, you know, don't save that just for certain people. Let it out and the right people will come to you. Don't be afraid of, of being judged. And I, you know, it's, it's, yes, I may have said it to my eight-year-old self, nine-year-old self, but God, I, I would have liked to tell that to myself every single year until the age of 19. That's, I definitely needed it through that entire decade. So was the age of 19 when you kind of feel like you stepped into yourself? I started to, yeah. I, it's actually funny. I, 
literally let my hair down. I used to wear my hair up, like half up, like that doesn't work <laughs> right now. But I always wore it up in a clip. It looked exactly the same, you know, with my curly frizzy hair <laughs> at the time. And um, and I and I remember one one night it was my sophomore year of college all my friends were busy there was nobody around I was by myself and I was like I'm gonna go to that bar and I took my hair down and I never put it back up again I walked into the bar oh my god and and you know I also feel very strongly that certain moments and people are placed in your life exactly like we said your life is happening for you Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget that night my good friend, I haven't seen her in a while, but my, my good friend, Beth Goldman was sitting at the bar when I walked in mm-hmm. and I was so nervous and she came to me and gosh, I'll never forget what she did for me that night. You know, she came and she said, did you see all those heads turn and this, and she's so funny and she's charismatic. And the two of us hit it off immediately. And thank goodness I walked in there without anybody else with me. You know, we weren't close then. But once I was able to stop attaching myself to other people and I was able to step into myself, that's when magic started happening for me. When I stopped just latching on to people for security. That's that's it. That's really it. And like the Joanna that we know today, my goodness, like, like your <laughs> message that you said you say to your um, eight or nine year old self, it's so true. Like, don't be afraid to be funny and goofy, like that is like, once again, one of your superpowers. That's one of the things that's magnetic about you. You're funny and like, you don't feel like you need to be like everybody else. And it's really refreshing. Like it was refreshing for me 23 years ago when we met and (laughs) I watch it be refreshing for everyone who comes into your orbit because they're just like, like this girl has no airs about her. Like what you get is what you see. She's funny. She's fun. She's real. She's real. That's what it is. Like we need more. We're all real, right? We're all real. But so often we put on the masks and we start, we try to show the parts of us that we think others will like. And this is a message for girls and women, Um, but like to really just get in touch with that deepest part of ourselves, that most organic part of ourselves and let that be what, what people see. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So do you have anything else? Like, is there anything that we left unsaid? Is there anything that you wanted to say that we just didn't get to say in this half hour together? Um, I think there, there's a few things. Uh, one of them is, I was going to quote you again. Uh, <laughs> guilt is a wasted emotion. That's another thing you told me a long time ago about um, it, it doesn't serve anybody when you feel guilt. So if you're going to make a decision, um, just do it. And I know we spent most of today talking about the guilt of, you know, just being ourselves and living our lives. But there's, you know, there's also the guilt of just decisions that we make because we can't be in two places at one time. This time I said it right. So it's that guilt of, um, you know, choosing to be in one of those two places and just saying, okay, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to stay with it. Um, Okay, that one's not really relevant. So I'm not going to bring that one up. 
Um, and then just, you know, one more thing, I just kind of felt like I wanted to give this little shout out too, and I know you would as well, but talking about women who inspire us and surrounding us with those women, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to our good friend Tana's, uh, mm-hmm. because she absolutely is the, she has figured out, I guess you could say, how to really do it all with her very full-time job, three kids and um, everything that she does talk about being thoughtful for so many people around her. And she is, she is, and she's the most amazing friend ever. So like we were all together yesterday, so we're still flying on the, on the wings of of that (laughs) time that we had. So yes, shout out to Tano's. I'm hoping that she'll join us on the podcast one day. I I have to put that invitation out to her and I hope that you'll come back because I know that this conversation and you and like everything that you bring is just contagious and people will want more of it, no doubt. And if they do want more of it, where can they find you? Where can they hang out with you on the social medias? Like where are you at? Um, Well, I'm on Instagram at Joanna, the coach. Um, and you can find other information about me and reach out to me on my website at uh, coachmarketingsolutions.com. I love it. And I love you. Thank you so much for being here with us. Or as I always like to say to you, I like you very much. I like you a fair amount. I like you a fair amount. This is our (laughs) joke, everybody. (laughs) Thank you again, Joanna. Thank you so much for your listenership. If you love what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a five-star review and subscribing to the show so that you don't miss an episode. These reviews are so very helpful to us and we are so grateful for each and every one of them. If you'd like to hang out with us on Instagram, give us a visit at Girl Life Empowerment. Can't wait to see you there.